All right, welcome to the Palm Beach North podcast brought to you by the Palm Beach North Chamber of Commerce. My name is Noel Martinez, and we are so delighted to have Senator Bobby Powell Jr. here today joining us. Let me tell you a little bit about Bobby. Bobby is a Florida native, grew up right here in Riviera Beach. He's got a rich educational background, right? He's got a bachelor's degree in public relations from Florida A&M, a master's in planning from Florida State University, who's got a halfway decent football team finally again, Bobby. And in tally, as you know, he's up there representing us. He's worn many hats, right? Everything from committees on banking and insurance to environment and natural resources. So Senator Powell, it is such an honor to have you here today. Thanks for being here. Noel, thank you for having me. I'm excited about this opportunity to speak with you and just to talk to the viewers and listeners uh, with regard to the things that are happening here in Palm Beach County and our opportunities to continue to grow. So let's talk Riviera Beach, born and raised, right? You were born here, right? I was. What's it? It's got to feel awesome to be in Tallahassee representing your hometown. Tell me about that. What's that like? Well, I know the most rewarding thing for me is knowing that I'm from Riviera Beach and having the opportunity to come back here and serve uh, in my community, having kids who were just like me know that, hey, he's from here. I remember uh, my wife is a member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and they were doing a, a summer enrichment type program. And one of the students who was there uh, came up to me afterwards and said, to, while her dad was standing there, dad, he's from Riviera Beach like me. Like, I didn't know we That's had a senator awesome. from Riviera Beach. But I also think about the things that when I was growing up, uh, the lifestyle that we live, my dad worked construction. And prior to my mom being sick and disabled, she was a worker at a place called Pantry Pride, which is actually not too far away from where we are now. I think Lockheed Martin is, brought the building and they're, they're running their operations out of there. But my dad work cable and construction. As a matter of fact, my dad, uh, while he was working cable, he was climbing poles every day, putting cable into people's homes. And yet, and still at our house uh, in Riviera Beach, we did not have cable. If I wanted to watch my favorite shows, I would have to go to next door where my cousins lived. And at some point, everybody else who had cable, some of them, uh, this is back in the day when cable was not fiber optic and whatever. So what, you could get the box, you could borrow the box from your friend or something. Is that what you're talking about? People not, not borrowing the box. People would, people could install cable in their house and they hooked it up at the pole. And my dad was a person who worked for a cable company, what uh, communication construction group, which was subsidiary of Adelphia. And he was hooking up cable in everybody else's house. And at some point I'm like, dude, you're hooking up cable in everybody's house, but we don't have cable here. At some point I'm thinking I'm about to go hook this cable up myself. Uh, but it's just a testament of who my parents were because, you know, illegal cable was wrong. And although other people were doing it and he had the ability to do so, he led by example and did not do what was wrong. I like to tell that story because it's just a semblance of you think about a childhood where uh, parents will give you everything they can give you, but they will deprive you of cable if they can't afford it. But um, my dad didn't risk or take an opportunity just because he could. He wanted to do what was right and what was fair. And, you know, that was a part of my childhood. I grew up right here in Revere Beach. My mom was a hard worker. She at some point was disabled. Uh, she went to work one morning and she didn't come back from work. She went to the hospital and she was diagnosed with kidney failure 
And from that, she ended up having two hip replacements and a thyroid issue and a brain tumor. And eventually in 2020, I'm sorry, 2002, 2001, uh, May the 28th, 2001, my mother died of what they call osteosarcoma, which is a type of bone cancer. Oh, wow. I didn't know that, Bobby. Sorry to hear that. It's Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's 20 something years later. I think about her every single day. Mm-hmm. However, because of her passing, uh, the passion to continue to serve and help other people resides in me. She did not leave anything out. When my mom uh, was very sick, sometimes she would say, this world doesn't owe me anything. I've lived my life. I've had a good time. And as a kid, she was 19 when I passed. But earlier than that, I'd be like, why is she saying that? Right. Don't say that. You know, this world don't owe you anything. I don't want you to leave me. And eventually, uh, as God would have it, everybody doesn't get an opportunity to have their parent forever or their parents forever. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have my father. But in 2001, while I was a sophomore at Florida Amity University, uh, I lost my mom. And, you know, 20 something years later, we're still we're still here pushing and getting stronger every day. I can't imagine how proud she would be of you right now with what you've done, what you've accomplished in your career. What do you think she would tell you, Bobby? Uh, She would say, remember the 23rd Psalm, uh, always believe in God and and, trust in God and do what's right and uh, you'll be successful. And she'll say, she would say, uh, I'm not surprised because I knew who you were when you were in my womb, right? Uh, my mom would tell me that I'm her miracle baby mm-hmm. and coming from some of the people who I grew up with in my surroundings, I didn't understand what that meant, but I have embraced, um, the authenticity of who I am. There are certain things that I've never done, certain things that I don't do. Um, and because of that, uh, I've been able to go places that other people have not been able to go. And I'm excited about that. That's so great. So, you know, you and I were talking a little bit about being a parent. We're talking about your parents. So being a parent, huge. Like we, you and I were just talking about how different it is and how your life changes the day you become a parent. And I couldn't be more proud of my kids. So let's talk about your family. And I I know you're a very proud dad as well. And I know, I think you pride yourself and your family and, and you take your daughter everywhere. I've seen her up in Tallahassee when we go up there to see you. So tell us about your family. Well, I, of course I'm married. I got a wife and a child and my wife is an attorney here in Palm Beach County. And my daughter is a future attorney or <laughs> also a future Minnie Mouse, a future firefighter, future pilot, whatever she, she has told me all these things, future doctor that she is going to be. And I've told her that the world is open. The world is yours. Whatever you want to be, you can be. Uh, there's a saying I heard Les Brown once say that a child determines what he or she can be by the time they reach the age of four. And at four, my daughter has already had the opportunity to go to Tallahassee and walk on the Senate floor. I hadn't done that ever when I was a child. My daughter has been on vacations and trips that I had not had the opportunity to go on, which means that when she has a child at some point in her future life, when she turns 40, when she has her first child, um, she'll be able to expose that child to some of the things that she's been exposed to or even better. Our goal is, and this is always the point, our goal is for our children to be better than we are. We should never, ever be jealous of our children or jealous of anyone, 
for for jealousy is, you know, that's not a spirit of the Lord. We want to make sure that uh, the people around us are good and our children, especially we sow seeds into them so they can become the best generation and the next generation of of us. But I'm extremely proud of my family. My wife is very active, sometimes too active. She's the PTO president for my daughter's. Uh, of course she school. is. Yeah, of course. She's the immediate past president of the Malcolm Cunningham Bar Association. Um, uh, very active an Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority in terms of being a student advisor. Uh, she She's involved in a lot of things. So she's keeping herself really, really busy. I'm super proud of her. I've also told her like, hey, you know, maybe you want to, you know, take some time for yourself, rest, because she's, she's very active and she's giving a lot of herself. And I think that we all want to make sure that our gift is to be shared with other people so we shouldn't hold in our talents and my wife is giving. And I think a lot of other people need to uh, do the same and we can spread that wealth. How did you guys meet? We met at church, believe it or not. You know, it sounds cliche, right? She was at church looking for a good man. <laughs> no, uh, we actually did meet at church. Uh, it was a Mother's Day celebration and my sister, my older sister, and I, my cousin goes to Grace Temple, which is the church in which I met my wife. And they had a Mother's Day program every year. So randomly, I called my sister and I said, hey, let's go to the Mother's Day program. You know, Stacy's hosting it this year. Let's go, let's go check it out. We went last year. I think I was a speaker the year before. And we randomly bought tickets and went to check it out. And my wife and her mother were doing a modeling, mother-daughter modeling runway deal. And... uh it was between my wife and another uh, mother and daughter couple. And I was like, I like this one. I'm just joking. But <laughs> afterwards, I want to introduce myself. You probably to, weren't joking. <laughs> afterwards, I went, well, you know what? Here's the deal. There was a lady at the table. I can't think of her name. She's since passed away. And right now, of course, I couldn't think of her name. But she says to me, uh, because there were two young ladies modeling that were in my bracket, right? She goes, which one of them would you like, honey? Like she's going to offer them to me. Like I can buy them, which is, you can't buy people, people. But <laughs> she was like, offer. I'm like, do you, you don't own anyone. You can't give somebody away. Like, uh, you know, coming to America. But um, I introduced myself. Eventually my wife knew one of my friends who I worked out with, who, um, one of my mentees, they actually went to law, law school together and they kind of figured out a way to connect us and we got connected. And as a matter of fact, on September 26th, actually September 25th of 2000 and today is the what, 13, a 23, 2014 was our first date. So nine years ago was our first date. She thought it was a, a business date uh, and from a there, business day. A business day. She want, She was an attorney, and I asked her to go to dinner with were you. An, were you an elected official at the time? I was. I was a state rep. She called me the Bobby Powell. <laughs> Not just Bobby Powell, the Bobby Powell. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm going on a business dinner with the Bobby Powell. So and you're like, like, this is not a business dinner. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's, I just want to get to know you a little bit more. <laughs> oh, I just man. just want to know your name. Can we talk? <laughs> And so yeah. that's a great story. I love it. So you, you mentioned a little bit about mentees, 
right? We all have mentors. Like I have mentors and, and that I look up to, you know, help me with politics. There's people that help me with the business side of running a chamber. There's someone that I go to and I reach out to when I have issues with managing people. So do you have any mentors? Absolutely. And you, who are they? And tell me, and, and tell me why they're your mentors. So uh, my mentors walk just across gamut of everything in life. Um, one of my mentors is a professor, former professor and a, then the Dean of Journalism and Graphic Communication at Florida a University, Ann Weed Kimbrough, who, when my mom died, she kind of stepped in and, uh, like the village, put her, put her arms around me and uh, helped me to matriculate and walk walk through that. You, you don't walk past losing your mother. You never get through that. But God puts people in place at the right time to help you to move forward. I was a fam. I was a student at college and I lost the person who was closest to me. Nobody at that, to that point had ever been that close to me. I lost a piece of me and I didn't know how I would move. I was in a depression. I went to class every day and I did just enough to get straight B's, right? I would call home every day just to listen to the voicemail say, this is Clara Powell, right? Uh, so Ann Wheat Kimbrough uh, also taught me how to meet new people, how to step outside of my comfort zone, how to not be fearful, to be fearless uh, in the face of adversity. Um, there was, when I came home, one of my political mentors, doctor, I said doctor, uh, his name was Jim Drayton. He was the founder of the Together We Stand Democratic Club, but also he had a bookstore and was an avid reader. He recently passed away, I think he was a little bit more than 90 years old, uh, and I said recently, last year he passed away and I used to talk to him. I would call him late at night because of the way my schedule works. Uh, most of the time I'm not finished with everything until like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Who wants to talk to me at 10, 11 o'clock at night other than my wife, right? And she's think she wants to talk to you at 11 o'clock at no, night? No, <laughs> absolutely not. She's like, I'm tired. You want to come home and talk and she's like, uh-oh, I'm going to bed. Right. Uh, or I've got a great idea, right? And she's like, go to sleep. Um, so Jim Drayton would, uh, you know, we talk and I miss him. I miss him a lot. Uh, there's, of course, I would not be here without somebody like Mac Bernard. I was going to ask you about Mac. You were his aide, right? I was. At some point, I, I know you guys are tight. I know you guys are close. Tell yeah, me, right. I've met him a couple times. You've met him a couple times. I've seen him here and there. Here and there. <laughs> T tell me about your relationship with him. Because, I mean, you guys are like brothers, man. I, like you guys are inseparable. I'll tell you this. There's very few people. When I talk about the idea of success, one of the pillars of success is you have to be selfless as opposed to selfish. And Mac Bernard is one of those people that I found to be selfless. And when I say selfless, he's giving of himself and is willing to sacrifice to see people who he cares about become successful. You don't find that in a lot of people. I mean, the truth is Mac Bernard is the only elected official that I know, and you can, and I challenge anybody uh, because I'm from Florida and I'm only from Palm Beach County. And this is the only place that I've been, but there were three people who worked directly for Mac Bernard that became elected officials. And two of them replaced him in the state house. It was myself and Al Jaquette and back to back Mac Bernard was the state rep followed by me, followed by Al Jaquette. And when we won, uh, 
when we all were elected in 2016, we were somewhere and Mac was the county commissioner elect. I was the state senator elect and Al Jaquette was the state rep elect, but we were standing somewhere and I looked at all three of us and we're at the uh, event for the person who was running for president at the time. And I said, look at this, the last state representative, because he was a rep before me, I was still the current state representative and Al was the next state representative because he was a representative elect. I said, the, uh, <laughs> the past, present and future state representatives are all standing here right now. And not only were we the past, present and future state representatives, we were also within a few months going to be the current county commissioner, current state representative and current state senator for Palm Beach County. And I've not met a person who has been willing to put their goals and their ambitions and their opportunities into other people to say, hey, you all have leadership qualities and I think you should be elected as well. He's such a great guy. He's done so much for our community, our county. Um, he's done so much for so many people. Like he's touched the lives of so many different people. He was one of the first guests we had here on the show. Absolutely. And uh, he, I think he was like episode three or four or something like that. He was so good. It was so good in his story. He talks about, you know, how he came from Haiti as an orphan and to become who he's become is just amazing. So I love that. I love how close you guys are. And I love the bond that you two have. Um, let's talk about what a typical day like is for Senator Bobby Powell. I know you're a busy guy. And then I want to talk about this two ways. I want to talk about it, what, what it's like when you're here home. And then I want to hear about what's a typical day like when you're in session up in Tallahassee, because that's nuts. So let's start. What's a typical day like right now? What's a typical day like for you here in Palm Beach County? So many people don't know this. I'm actually an active planner, urban planner. I work for a firm called Urban Design Studio. I am AICP certified, the only American Institute of Certified Planners, the only AICP certified planner in the entire legislature. In the history of the legislature, it is me. I am him. A lot of people say they're him. No, I am him. But um, I, I work for a planning firm here. We specialize in government approvals and landscape design and architecture. Uh, I also am a full-time father and husband. So I have responsibilities like cooking, washing dishes, mopping floors, uh, making sure my daughter takes a bath. You could cook? Can you cook? Absolutely. That's ah. it's probably one of the reasons I was gaining a lot of weight. Because... <laughs> You cook it, you eat it. By the way, Senator Powell's looking lean and mean. At some so point, I'm going to get him stand up so you guys can see this so guy. He's lost 30, 30 pounds. 30 even. pounds. And this guy's looking amazing even. right now. Looking like the track star he was in high school. I'm a runner. I'm a track star. <laughs> I might go back and try to run a race. But- like for the senior division, I'm over 40. You got to be point. careful. That's when you like pull and strain things. Like what was the uh, Kevin Hart? Did Kevin you see that? Hart. Oh my God. Out of his mind. He's crazy. 40 is for real. It like popped. Like the guy was in a wheelchair. <laughs> 40 is for real. Oh, like I don't my have my glasses right God. now. I was, um, and we'll get back on topic, but <laughs> we, so in Tallahassee, we play a softball game, the Democrats versus the Republicans. Uh -huh. And some of the Democrats, some of the guys, I say Democrats, some of the guys were playing and I saw a couple people like sliding, doing stuff that I was like, ooh, 10 years ago, I would have did that. Today, that is questionable. I used to run, uh, do a handspring right into a backflip up until I was like 33. <laughs> now, if you see me do a handspring, 
that's a lot. I stay I, away from all that stuff, man. Stars. I am so competitive, right? I'm not going to let one of these younger guys, you know, I'm 40, I'm, I'm going to be 46 here coming yeah. up, right? These young guys in the gym or like CrossFit or whatever. I used to do CrossFit and I was always trying to keep up with those guys. And all of a sudden I'm like, I can't get out of bed, man. Right. So yes, don't do it guys. Just don't. take it easy. If you're in your forties, the day you hit 40, like just take it easy. Take care of yourself. I used to work out with 20 year olds. And uh, just to compete and stay in shape. I don't do that anymore because there's no reason for, I'm not trying to play football. I'm not trying to beat anybody in a track and field race. I just need to look good and be healthy. And I don't squat heavy weights. I don't deadlift. I have a trainer in Tallahassee and I walk in, he's got the deadlift bar there. He goes, we're going to do deadlifts today. I said, we are not doing deadlifts. You may be doing deadlifts, but I I'm not doing that. Too old for that, man. Not my back. No, too old for that. Not doing it. All right. So when you're home, you're busy, I'm busy. being a, a normal person, right? You've got a full-time job, dad, uh, you're, you're a husband, you're involved in so many things. How about it, when you're in Tallahassee? But, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go taking ahead. my daughter to swimming lessons, <laughs> um, as well as, like I said, cooking and going to what we call uh, out of office experiences where I take my myself or my staff, we show up at events, we're attending churches, we're having community meetings, town halls, press conferences, the news may call. Like last Thursday, I went up to Palm Beach Gardens to shoot a, a news piece. So it my day at home always evolves. It changes quickly. I could be sitting at work and all of a sudden some, something breaks and there's a news story. Yesterday, I was on the task force for the Amer African American History Museum in Tallahassee and it was a virtual task force. The next one will be in person. So my schedule shifts is there's no day that's the same in Palm Beach County. How, how do you keep a full-time job doing that? Like how, how is that? I mean, you're getting pulled in Senator meetings and you're getting pulled into that. Gosh, you're running a campaign right now. I mean, how do you do all that and still do your full-time job? And how do you, I mean, how do you have time to do everything? Be a dad. How do you have time to do all that? I situate and <clears throat> focus on certain things. And then I write down a schedule and when I miss something, I write down what I need to get to. And it also involves some work on Saturdays and Sundays. If you are going to work a full-time job, you've got to be committed to sometimes going into the office on a Saturday, going into the office on a Sunday while other people at home sleep, you're doing the work. Uh, sometimes it involves going back to work at 10, 11 o'clock at night and leaving one or two o'clock in the morning. So a lot of times people will see you and this is even in Tallahassee. People see you with the suit on, with a nice tie and haircut and, you get a chance to speak in front of people in public and they go, oh, wow, you know, that's pretty easy. I can do that. He doesn't deserve to be there. That should be me. But they don't realize mm -hmm. the work that's done. My Angela once said that the grass may look greener on the other side, but the water bill is definitely higher. Yeah, you're 100% right. <laughs> Talk about Tallahassee. So when you're up there, what's your schedule like? I mean, because sometimes you're really good about taking your wife and, and, and your daughter up there. Cause I've been up to Tallahassee before and seen them there, but when they're not there, what's it like? I mean, you've got to be scheduled from the second you get up to the second you go to bed. Right. I mean, it's intense. It is right. It's intense. Tell, tell us a little bit more about for people that have never been up to Tallahassee or been up there for session. What's that like? So the first thing that we do is we've got our scheduled meetings, which are our committee meetings, uh, I served on 10 committees last year, and those committees are basically booked out for an hour and a half, and that's during the week. So that may start on a Monday, it may end on a Thursday, or in worst case scenarios, ends on a Friday. So we are in those meetings, and around those meetings, then everyone who wants to meet with you with regard to an issue, 
your team is scheduling them, whether it's 15 or 10 minute meetings. I've asked for 10 minute meetings because the 15 minute meetings, we don't have enough time to meet with everybody who wants to meet. Now, in between all of this, I still have to read bills and legislation to be prepared because there's going to be some things that people have not read or not prepared for that are will be snuck up. And you have to be, when I say snuck up, uh, slipped in and it's small language that you have to be able to decipher. On top of that, I'm also one of the leaders de facto in uh, within the Democratic caucus because I've been there so long and many other people have matriculated out of, out of the legislature because of term limits. I am rounding up my people, uh, other senators to say, hey, these are some issues that we need to look at. Let's work. Let's talk. Let's figure this out and taking an active leadership role. Now, on top of that, I'm no longer the chairman of the Florida Legislative Black Caucus. However, members of the Florida Legislative Black Caucus still uh, come to me for advice and um, help and assistance when it comes to some of the things that center on or revolve around black community issues. So I'm, I'm a part of that. So all day, every day in Tallahassee, I have an intense schedule from the minute I get there and we get there, I get there at eight o'clock. And I leave sometimes six, seven o'clock at night to go to the gym, do my workout. Then I come back to the Capitol. There's been times me and my wife have been on the phone. It's 11 o'clock and she's, she sees my office in the background. We do FaceTime and she's like, you need to leave. It's enough. You know, you need to go get some rest. This stuff that you're working on will be there tomorrow. But I feel that people have elected me to serve, to serve, uh, Elected office is a public trust. And when people trust you enough to vote for you over and over again, then it's incumbent upon you to remember that people sent you up here to do a good job. And mediocrity can never be considered excellence because the only thing that substitutes for excellence is excellence. And when I'm in Tallahassee, it's my goal to be excellent, not the best senator that uh, is from Palm Beach County the or from you know, my district, the best senator, period. People deserve that. It's a public trust. And believe me, if you've entrusted me enough to vote for me, to tell other people to vote for me, to speak a kind word to me, to invest in my campaigns over the years, um, to invite me to your church, to invite me to speak at someone's birthday celebration or to ask me to write a letter or a proclamation, then it's incumbent upon me to know that I am not there to disappoint you. And that's why you see over 12 years, almost 12 years in service, uh, there has not been any major hiccups because I understand the assignment. How? So let's talk big picture here. How, how are we doing as a state? That, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Take it however you want. Take it whichever right? direction you want. The, how are we doing as a state? I mean, we've got tons and tons and tons. And we'll talk about Palm Beach County numbers here in a little bit, but we got tons and tons of people. I think, what is it? A thousand people, 1100 people a day are moving into our state, right? Something like that. I don't know the exact number. So please don't quote me on that. More than a thousand people. More than a thousand people into, are moving into the state, right? Um, we uh, are, are, we live where everybody else wants to. I mean, we live in paradise. I, I, I feel like we have a very business friendly environment in the state where, you know, it, it, we're not getting taxed like crazy. So let I me, mean, let's talk a little bit about that. How are we doing as a state? So 
Florida is a good place to be. There are some good points. There's been some challenges recently with a lot of the political climate, right? Mm -hmm. You know, when Disney is a political fight, that's a problem. When you've got organizations and groups saying we are not coming to Florida and we we're uh, issuing travel advisories, that's a problem because although some people may say, well, that's no big deal. It is a big deal because it gets national attention and people are pointed here on Florida. When you've got political rhetoric that regardless of what people think or they don't want to take the blame for uh, has caused reactions that have allowed people to be killed because of the, the color of their skin. That's a problem in terms of the economy, Florida. We, uh, we operate out of a balanced budget every year. We have had a surplus of funds enough to put back into our coffers in terms of um, a rainy day fund. We have funded many of our businesses. This year, the governor did a veto list of only $500 million, which is different from last year with a smaller budget. This year, we had $117 billion budget. $500 million was cut. That's $116.5 billion still in the budget. Last year, $3 billion was cut from the budget. At a four, I believe it was $114 billion budget, if I'm not mistaken. $3 billion is like six times more than what was cut this year. So we, uh, we, we were appreciative this year, but we did have the funds to continue to fund a lot of the programs that we're dealing with. So in terms of the economic environment, we're, our economy is still continuing to grow. Uh, there is opportunities for better growth. There's a major opportunity for the legislature to get together and comprehensively work on reforms with regard to homeowners insurance. Insurance That's the number one issue that we're dealing with. Uh, and people will say, well, it's not a partisan issue. I will admit it should not be a partisan issue. But if you look at the votes, a majority of the people who voted for the last bill centered on insurance, a uh, majority of the Democrats voted against that bill in special session. A majority of the Republicans voted for it. If it was comprehensive and it's not a partisan issue, then everyone, all sides should be able to get together and say, this is great legislation for the entirety of the state of Florida. When I've got people sending me text messages, calling my office, sending me pictures of their insurance being canceled or an increase of over $1,500 since last year and all I'm hearing from uh, politicians is it's going to take 18 to 24 months or maybe even four or five years. People need relief now. I don't have four or five years to receive relief. In four or five years, we're going to have a home. In, uh, we already have somewhat of a housing crisis, but we're really going to have a lot more people out of houses because Florida in the legislature uh, did not act as quickly as it should have. So let's talk, let's talk more about some of the issues. I mean, there are a lot of great things going on. In Absolutely. State. I mean, there really are. I, you know, there's a reason why our population is growing the amount it is here in Palm Beach County alone. You know, we are, we're going to grow by 263,000 people according to the Florida scorecard. Right. And you know, these numbers, I got to tell you this, but I'm saying it so our listeners and our viewers could hear it. Palm Beach County alone is going to grow 263,000 people by 2030. That is right around the corner, guys. It's right there. We've got to create almost 85,000 jobs. You know, that would take our population to close to close to 1.8 here in Palm Beach County alone. So what are the biggest issues that our state is facing? And you just mentioned one of them. 
And are they the same issues that we're facing here in Palm Beach County? And I, I think they are, um, you know, yeah, I'd love to hear what I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, many mm. of them are some of the issues that we're facing here in Palm Beach County because Palm Beach County is a microcosm of the state. Mm -hmm. But there are other areas that are rural areas and areas that are different types of populations. As we continue to grow, some of the things that we need to deal with in, in terms of the influx of jobs is making sure that the people who are uh, working, especially the people who are from Palm Beach County, have the ability to stay here in Palm Beach County and be able to afford homes. Uh, looking at where the jobs are. We've got this idea of what they call a jobs, uh, a spatial mismatch, where the jobs in housing are in different places. We've got to make sure that housing is affordable, that people who are working at certain jobs are able to live in those houses. Don't forget about the rise of AI, artificial intelligence, right? As that continues to increase, it creates an opportunity where there is going to be people who can work in AI, but there's going to be some jobs that are replaced. What do people do? Well, here's the deal. Every job cannot be replaced by artificial intelligence because people have to have the ability to purchase goods. If no one is working, right, then those goods can't be purchased. It's called an economy. It's almost the same thing as someone telling me, well, I pay your salary. Well, here's the deal. You know, I work in the legislature. I also have another job. But we all pay taxes, so that pays into what legislators and other political uh, people who work in politics, what they take home in terms of part of their pay. But in reality, if you work at a grocery store or a retail store or any other job, if somebody buys goods or services, you are a part of the economy. So we all pay each other's salary. So we have to get out of the mode of, you know, it is a public service. We do serve, but we all owe it to each other. It's easy to be kind to people. It's not hard to offer a word of, you know, uh, assistance, offer a form of assistance, but offer a kind word to lift somebody up as opposed to tearing them down. Oftentimes I'll tell people, if you see me looking down on a person, that's only because I'm reaching down to pick them up. And many times uh, people are not doing that. So we've got a lot of great opportunities in Florida, but we have to be cognizant and forecasting in terms of where the jobs will be at, what's the next sector that will grow, how do we put people in place to be in those sectors, and how do we make sure that we're taking care of each other? You know, we don't need, I can't, if I'm a billionaire and my brother uh, doesn't have $100 in his pocket, then I'm no good because I haven't equipped him with the ability or the skill set to at least self-sustain. So we've got to make sure that everybody else is self-sustaining, whether and it does not impinge upon our success for somebody else to be successful as well. I once saw a quote or I'll tell you this. I saw something on the Internet. Travis Hunter, the football player for Colorado, mm -hmm. who you know, plays for Deion Sanders, he, he said people were happy to see us lose. What do you get out of that? And inherently, I think sometimes people are preying on the downfall of others who they think have been successful. I'll equate it to even something I saw posted about me a couple of years ago when I was running for reelection. Um, somebody posted, I'm supporting, I'm voting against Bobby Powell because I want to see him lose. The truth of the matter is I lost a lot. I've all. We all lose. The reason some people are successful is because they've figured out how to fall and get back up and how to deal with failure. Sometimes people are so used to seeing you 
successful that they don't consider when you've lost. There's been times where people who are close to me have known this, but I had to return to Tallahassee after burying my oldest sister, right? My sister, I left home. She was at my house. She said, boo, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Tallahassee. I told you that yesterday. That was the last conversation in my house we had because when I came back, she was gone. I had to go to Tallahassee and I'm in a a dinner with someone and I get three back-to-back missed phone calls and I get off the phone and my nephew, I call him my my brother nephew because we grew up in the same house, had walked in front of a train and I have to go back and interface with people in Tallahassee. I'm in session. How do you deal with that? And this is that other than my mom, that was one of the closest people to me. So people will sometimes say things like, I want to see you lose in, or I want to see somebody else lose because it's a self-reflection of they've lost and something inherently is hurting inside of them. So they think that if they watch somebody else fail, then it will build something inside of them. But the truth is darkness doesn't drive out darkness. Only light does that in the emptiness inside of you will never be fulfilled because somebody else has failed. And that's that's very difficult to teach people, but we can all build into each other a kind word, a hug, lifting somebody else up. You never know what somebody's going through. And I've seen people at this point now who have talked about wanting to end their life and maybe hearing a kind word from somebody else or somebody saying, you were valuable to me has stopped them from doing something that they didn't know they were going to do. And that's hard. Well, you and I definitely have to have a conversation about that because something like I've just experienced something like that recently with my family. And that's something we could definitely talk offline because I agree with you a hundred percent. Let's get back to politics, right? So Politics. politics, talk to me about your three legislative priorities for the next upcoming year. What are they going to be? Do you know yet? Is it too early or do you have a pretty good idea of what you're going to go in there and fight for? To number, fight for? number one thing I want to deal with in the legislature in this upcoming session is we've got to tackle property insurance. That is it's number a, it's one. a disaster right now. Like that what can be done? Number one. What can be done though, Bobby? It is a mess. You were just on TV talking about it. There's an opportunity, I believe. And I talked about this with Ron Klein, former congressman, uh, the homeowners defense act where you spread the risk throughout the nation because we all have natural disasters, but people cannot afford to live here. So if we're able to spread the risk and these insurance companies can actually and properly cover people, that would help because I want to see insurance costs come down. We've done all these We've done all these different attacks. We've, oh, we have to fight against sinkholes. We got to fight against assignment of benefits. We've got to fight the fraud with roofing. I want something to happen that allows us to make sure that homeowners insurance prices come down here in the state of Florida, period, so that people can afford to live. So my number one goal is centered on that. The the next thing is we've got an education problem when we got when we have nearly um, half of our children in elementary school getting into the third grade and are not able to read at that level. It does not. It's easier said than done. I spent three years as a substitute teacher. I could tell which students had parents who worked with them. When I when I would substitute for either kindergarten or I don't think I ever did pre-K, but in kindergarten, I could tell which kids' parents worked with them and which kids didn't. If I tell your child to go stand on the yellow triangle 
and they're looking confused, that means that you haven't had opportunity to work with them. And if you're leaving education completely and holistically to the teachers, sometimes that's troubling because a teacher has 25 other students in a class. Your child is getting a cookie cutter education at the same time as 25 other people. It doesn't work with me. I get home from work. I'm tired, but I'm spending a little bit of time making sure that my daughter is prepared with her lessons. And sometimes it's opening her backpack and seeing what she did today Mm -hmm. and asking her questions and investing and reading a book to her. Sometimes parents, I'm too tired to do all of that. We'll figure it out because your child is your investment in the, into the future. Every child is not going to be a football player. Every child is not going to be Coco golf and play tennis or Serena and Venus Williams. Mm -hmm. Every child is not going to be Tiger Woods. Every child is not going to be Deion Sanders. So you have to prepare them educationally. Somebody, some of your children can be Robert Smith, who is one of the wealthiest uh, men in America, who is an investor. Uh, Some of your children, some of our children can be CPAs. Some of our children can be lawyers. Some of our children can be doctors. But we have to tell them that they can be. The crazy thing about children, the craziest thing that I've found about kids is if you tell them something, they believe it. They believe it. I don't care if they're three and you say, oh, my gosh, you can be a doctor. They believe it. I can be a doctor. But if you also tell them you're going to be a nothing just like your cousin or just like your aunt or just like your mom or just like your dad or just like, guess what? They believe it. So we've got to learn how to invest and speak life, life and death about in the power of the tongue and speak life into people as opposed to some of the negative things. So this is going to be your last year. It is. Can, can you want to talk about why? Let's talk about that. Why, why, why is this going to be your last, last uh, year up in Tallahassee? Well, it's, it's perfect timing of my, a good friend and colleague and counterpart in the county commission, Commissioner Mac Bernard, is terming out. And with him terming out, it's the perfect opportunity for me to term and run for the county commission. In turn, he'll run for the state senate. But this gives us an opportunity to use some of the relationships that I've gained over the years, some of the leadership opportunities. I've been the Senate Democratic Leader Pro Temp. Uh, I've been the chairman of the Florida Legislative Black Caucus. I've been the chairman of the Palm Beach County Legislative Delegation. I have served in many leadership roles and I've been a senator, which is no small task, right? There's only one person, one black person from Palm Beach County to ever serve in the Senate from Palm Beach County to serve in the Senate. And there's only, I'm, we don't talk about this, but I'm also uh, the longest serving uh black person in the state legislature from Palm Beach County. So uh, before me, there was uh, Addie Green, Priscilla, Addie Green, Hank Harper, Priscilla Taylor, Mac Bernard, Alch Cat, um, Javante Edmonds, and somebody else, I can't think of their name, but I'm the only person who has served, uh, which now will be 12 years, going into my 12th year, and served two terms in the House and three terms in the Senate, depending on how you look at my elections. And uh, it's the perfect timing. I've built relationships throughout the state. I've been to a number of conferences that have allowed, allowed me to learn how to work with other people and how to innovate and bring strategies back to Palm Beach County. And I have created opportunities for others to step into leadership roles. Representative Edmonds used to work for me. I used to work for Mac. Um, Councilman Trajic McCoy used to work for me. He also worked for Mac Bernard too. Uh, but you know, I'll, I'll claim him because I discovered him, you know, uh, and we grew up together. So that's why I discovered him. 
But uh, <laughs> we've had the opportunity to work and really work on strategies that will help people get to the next level. And currently I have reorganized the Palm Beach County Black elected officials, which we will be having our first scholarship brunch in January. And it's a wonderful opportunity to put all these skills back together and bring them back to Palm Beach County. And it doesn't hurt that I have a small child who's five, who will be five at the time, who's on our way to being five, who recognizes that daddy leaves for a long time and she's ready to see him. But really for Palm Beach County, it brings us an opportunity to put all those resources that I've had the ability to gain while in Tallahassee, while serving for over a decade back to use. The interesting thing is I can remember uh, 2012, uh, as vivid as day, uh, an individual posted on their, their social media account that he was going to make sure that I was a one-term state representative. And as karma would have it, as karma would have it, uh, I've served longer than anyone else. And then the other part, I'll, I'll leave you guessing on, but that person also had the opportunity to be elected. Did it? Well, they did. They served shorter than anybody else. No. Well, I have to figure out what that <laughs> is. I didn't, I, I don't know who that is, but so you're going to be running. Oh, we're running. They, you we're are running. running. We've you got are, more than 75 endorsements. Uh, we've raised quite a bit of money. Yeah. You're doing, uh, you have raised a ton of money. You're doing really good with fundraising. We are working in the community. We're talking to people. We're letting them know that we're running. And the goal is really to make sure that we continue to elevate Palm Beach County, mm -hmm. right? We're next level of growth. I'm an AICP certified planner. In 2012, when I ran for state house, we said we're going to hit the ground running and hit the ground running we did. I believe that not only are we ready to hit the ground running, but we're continued and committed to showing people that a life of service is a life that counts. That's your, that's how you end every conversation and not, but boy, I don't want to end it just yet. I do have one more question because we're, Please. we are almost out of time, Please. time. And I could be with, with you here all day long. You and I talked for like probably 15 minutes before the interview. We've been talking all the way through the entire interview. So I could be here all day with you, but last question. And I want to, I want you to give this some thought, right? What, what do you want your legacy to be? Senator Bobby Powell Jr was known for this, or when someone says your name, they think of what? My legacy, Noel, will honestly be that I help people see themselves as the great leaders and as, them be as their best selves and to activate what's already in them to become who they should be. That will be my legacy. I assist people with developing who they should be by activating things that are already within them to become the persons that they should have been. And that involves everyone from the individuals who've worked in my office to my child. My child is my message to the future. But if you've talked to people who've worked in my office, the goal has always been to watch them become better. People like Dr. Clarice Redding, who's working for the federal government now, uh, she was one of my legislative aides, Councilman Trodrick McCoy, who was the one of the ori the original legislative aide, uh, Delano Allen, who uh, has his own business in marketing and is doing flippy mags up and down the state and even other states. Um, you can't forget Kirstie Miles, who recently went to become 
uh, government relations for the Urban League of Broward County, Nasby Chowdhury, who uh, won Nasby, an award. Yeah, yeah who, he just uh, is is now Syracuse University uh, studying for the master's degree. Uh, was selected by United Way for a national program to travel to Ireland. Great guy. I mean, uh, doing Great amazing yeah. things. Tomas Alcala, who is working for uh, the mayor of Bra- uh, Miami-Dade County, Daniela Levine Cava. Uh, th- all those in- individuals who have worked in my office that I will say I have had a hand in making sure that they accentuate all of their attributes to become the people who, and I hope I haven't, I'm sure I have left Ben Durgan left people out, Ben Durgan, who went on to work for the Economic Council, but take everything that's in them already to accentuate those things to become the best versions of themselves. And in terms of my children, my child now, uh, and if we have any more children, to be able to grow and to give when she becomes an adult or as she is matriculating to give of herself so that the people who are around her become better. So my legacy will never be a statue or a bridge or an item. My legacy will be the investment in other people so that those people have become the greatest versions of themselves that contribute to the greatest version of what this world could be. Well, Senator Powell, it has been a pleasure. Bobby, thank you so much for your service. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being such a huge supporter of the Palm Beach North Chamber. You've been great to us um, and look forward to a fun upcoming year. Um, Good luck on your campaign. And again, thank you so much for being here. Um, Thanks again for tuning in. Um, This was another great episode of the Palm Beach North podcast. Please make sure to subscribe on YouTube and follow us on all our social media channels. Thank you. Thank you, Noel.